I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, vaccine open season is coming. Starting April 1st, all Californians 50 and older will be eligible for a coronavirus shot. Two weeks later, on April 15th, anyone over 16 becomes eligible. It's a huge move up of the timeline, but it also raises questions about how the shots will be given and whether medical providers and counties are ready. The good news is also tempered by the announcement Thursday by Santa Clara County that they'd identified a coronavirus case caused by the P1 variant, which has been fueling a deadly surge in Brazil. To talk about all this, I'm joined by two Chronicle reporters, our health crew, Aaron Alday and Catherine Ho. How are you guys doing? Hi, Damian. I'm doing all right. Hi. Kat, let's start with you. Give us the news. Why did they open up vaccines starting next month to everyone? Um, Well, we're expecting vaccine supply to get a lot better uh, over the next few weeks. And so I think the thinking was uh, now with more supply and now that we've um, vaccinated the, you know, over 65 population and the healthcare worker population at pretty high rates, um, you know, we're now ready to move on and, and open it up to more people. Now, the vaccines will be available to people over 16. Why 16? Yeah, so the the vaccines that are available in the U.S. um, have been authorized for, depending on the vaccine, for if you're 16 and older or 18 and older. So the way the policymakers are setting the kind of age window is uh, the bottom end, they're cutting it off at 16 for now. And when when do the children get vaccinated? Oh, I think the best guess is sometime before the end of this year. They're still doing the trials for... Uh, 16 under, and those haven't been um, completed and and reviewed yet. So once that kind of comes together, um, kids kids eventually will be, I think, will be able to get vaccinated. All right, Aaron. So April 15th, that's the day when we call it open season. But is that a day when everybody's going to be able to get in or at least make an appointment? No, definitely not. Um, I think... um, you know, that's, that's, you know, when the eligibility opens. So technically speaking, sure, you should be able to anybody can make an appointment. But, you know, it's, it's early yet the news just came out this afternoon. um, And so the counties are still sort of adjusting to this, they've been preparing in a sense for this moment all along. But I think a lot of them, you know, weren't necessarily expecting this date. And so, so, but the point is that we don't, we don't, I don't think the counties know exactly yet what, what this is going to look like, how, how quickly things are going to come together. Most of them seem to think that it's not, it's not going to be such a great, perfect situation that, you know, right out of the gate, everybody will just be able to sign up immediately and get an appointment. Um, You know, Marin County told one of our reporters today, uh, Thursday, that they, they're expecting that it'll probably be more like mid-May before pretty much anybody can start making appointments. Um, They kind of were tempering people saying, you know, just, this is great, but just, you know, hang on to your expectations. Um, don't don't get too frustrated if that day rolls around and you can't actually get one of those coveted appointments. You know, we've seen that with each of these these kind of new tiers coming out where everybody gets really excited. There's like this kind of hammering, everybody trying to get in and get these appointments and and this frustration for a week or two while while things kind of fall into place. So I think, you know, for sure we'll see that play out in this time around because I think Kat might have a better idea of the numbers, but it's many, many millions more that are going to be eligible, you know, starting mid-April. But Aaron, what does this mean for the larger view of where we're at in moving past the pandemic? I mean, it's great, right? Like, I think that this is really fantastic. I, you know, for all that there is, 
you know, frustrations and bumpiness and, you know, Santa Clara County came out and was just like, vaccine supply is still a problem. We just want to be, you know, cautious about this. The fact that, you know, our governor has enough confidence in the supply to come out and say everybody's welcome to it in less than a month, you know, it's hard not to be really excited about that. Um, I think, you know, most of us um, are starting to get more and more friends and family that are fully vaccinated. You know, my parents have been fully vaccinated. Um, All of that brings a relief, you know. um, So I think that Clearly, this all of this happening is is really signaling that we are, in fact, kind of reaching the end of this. Um, and now, you know, we just have to kind of get that proof that these vaccines are holding up, that they're holding up against the variants, which all signs seem to think that they will. Um, and, you know, hopefully what we can do now is just sit back and watch our cases fall and watch our hospitalizations fall and our deaths fall and get things kind of back back going again. Can, can you give us a sense of how many people have been vaccinated in California? I mean, you mentioned that that's one reason why they think they can extend it. How much of the population is inoculated? Almost 11 million people in California have gotten at least their first dose as of today. There's a group within that that have gotten two. Uh, So, you know, we're actually making pretty decent progress. Um, And if you look at, you know, certain groups within the larger population, you know, in some counties here in the Bay Area, The 65 plus cohort is, you know, 80, 90 percent vaccinated. So um, so that's that's pretty high. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. California has about uh, 40 million people. So we're we're getting there. But Kat, um, tell me a little bit about how the counties plan to to roll this out. I mean, will we still see differences in the counties for for how they go about it? Do they still have discretion in who they're who they're giving shots to? Yeah, they do. Um, And actually, there's been a couple of counties here in the Bay Area who just this week and last week um, moved a little faster than the state and opening it up to people 50 and over uh, so that locally it was Contra Costa and Solano. So um, so, yes, I think we will see counties do slightly different things on different timelines, depending on um, their own local vaccine supply and kind of what their capacity is at mass vaccination sites and what their setup is going to be um, in, you know, mobile vaccination sites and how many of those are going to get up and running and, and out in the community. All right, let's take a quick break. When we return more with Aaron Alday and Catherine Ho on Fifth and Mission. We'll be right back after a short break. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bola. I'm joined by Chronicle Health reporters Catherine Ho and Aaron Alday. We're talking about the news on Thursday that California is about to have open season on giving vaccines to anyone above 16 years old. So we're moving quickly. But Aaron, there was a little bit of bad news that came on Thursday as well with variants, which you've been writing a lot about. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we had uh, the first case of the the P1 variant from Brazil was reported in the Bay Area in Santa Clara County on Thursday. Um, and that's now the sixth uh, case of this variant um, in California. And all of them have, have just been reported in the last week and a half or so. Um, so you know, the not great news is that this is this is one of those concerning variants. Um, 
it's shown to be at least somewhat resistant to our antibodies, either from, you know, antibodies that, that fight off infection, right? So those are our, our kind of main protective force with the, with the virus. And it's resistant to the antibodies from vaccines and from uh, previous infection. So the good news is for now, the vaccines, people generally believe the vaccines will hold up. So even if they're somewhat weakened, they're still going to be responsive to this variant. The more concerning part is this variant has really been driving a very scary and deadly surge in Brazil. Um, Brazil was where this variant was first found. Brazil, frankly, had a really bad um, surge early on in the pandemic back in the spring um, and was thought to have had a high degree of immunity because so many people were infected back then. But then um, several places have been overrun all over again. And what they're seeing are people being reinfected with this variant. Um, and now basically almost the entire country is is really overrun right now their hospitals are are straining their ICUs are filling up but they're they're in really bad shape so you know we're talking six cases in California it's not like we're seeing this thing blowing up like we like we do in other countries but you know every time you see one of these cases come up it just is this reminder of you know what we could be dealing with and and why it's so important to get people vaccinated as quickly as we can so that we, you know, prevent something like that from either mutating spontaneously here and getting our own really scary variant or from letting something like this P1 get, you know, a real foothold and, and take off like it has elsewhere. Now, when you say it's somewhat resistant, what does that mean? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, it's it's confusing and it's hard to kind of explain it to people. What it means in this case is we, we've done some lab studies um, that show that when they kind of uh, sampled, you know, they take this variant and they expose it to, to antibodies, that it takes a lot more antibodies to basically kill the variant than it would other versions of it. So you need to have like a lot more antibodies to really wipe it out. The good news is, though, is that the vaccines we have are really powerful. And so they they kind of give us this huge antibody response. So it's thought that even if you, like, cut that in half, even if it makes it, like, half as effective, it still is going to be strong enough to fight off this variant. Um, and, you know, there there is some possibility that it does weaken the vaccines enough that some infections will slip through. Um, so that certainly is a concern. But even still, um, the thought is that this, these vaccines, even if we get a few more infections kind of slipping through, they're still going to be highly effective, basically 100% of preventing that really serious disease that, that results in hospitalizations and deaths. So we still see a situation where we've kind of defanged this virus or this variant, and, and it just isn't causing the kind of widespread, you know, destruction that we've, we've seen. So a, a question for both of you. I mean, if we keep having variants that are, that are different, that cause problems, you mentioned the the deaths in Brazil, um, might it take an additional vaccines down the road that are specific to these variants? So yet another vaccine drive, or or is it just a slight shift to the current vaccine? I mean, yeah, I think that we're pretty much agreed that there's going to be some, some boosters that are needed. I think that we're still waiting to see what that looks like. Um, you know, will we need a kind of single round of boosters to deal with the variants that already exist? You know, I think, and, and Kat might know this better than me, that both Pfizer and Moderna are looking at versions of their their vaccine that are adjusted to some of the more concerning variants to, to battle them. Um, you know, and and but, e but even aside from that, what's happening kind of in the current situation, I think it's generally assumed that this that this virus, this coronavirus, it's just going to mutate 
pretty much as long as it's existing in the world. And it's going to be years before we wipe it out globally, assuming we're even able to do that. So as long as it's circulating, it's going to mutate. And we're probably just going to need to constantly adjust our vaccines to deal with it. And so we may be dealing with like a a flu-like situation where we all have to get boosters once a year or on some other timetable to just, you know, keep fending off these new variants as they emerge. The good news is that the vaccines, A, are really effective and B, are designed to be um, altered very quickly. So they can actually be very responsive to any variants that do happen to emerge. Um, so it's it's kind of a pain in the butt, but, you know, we have options here. So Kat, if we are in kind of a race to try to get these vaccines in people's arms because of the variants, I mean, how long is it going to take? How quickly or can we move beyond April 15th to get everyone vaccinated in the state? Well, I think that'll depend, you know, at a certain point, uh, I think we're going to see demand for vaccines plateau a a bit because once it's available to everyone, the people who can get it have, you know, kind of the means to get it will have gotten it. Um, And then we're going to have to kind of target certain pockets of the population who may have a harder time getting it. So, you know, I've heard some kind of more optimistic projections of maybe May or June, you know, everyone who wants it will be will have been vaccinated. Um, But I I think it's a little too early to say I think summer would be optimistic. um, But but we really kind of have to see if the vaccine supply projections hold um, and if enough people uh, will want them. You mentioned people wanting them. How important is it that we reach everyone beyond that? Yeah, well, uh, you know, we've talked to a lot of community clinic leaders about this issue. And and the one thing that I keep hearing a lot is, you know, we talk about vaccine hesitancy a lot. Th- that might be a bit of a misnomer because it, a lot of people that, quote unquote, don't want it have just not um, had access to good information about it yet. Or, you know, they're seeing a lot of misinformation circulate about it that has given them some concerns about you know, the um, what they feel is a rush process, you know, to develop the vaccine, you know, whether the vaccine will harm them, you know, whether the vaccine contain live virus, which they do not. Um, you know, all these concerns, I think, um, in, in the next couple of months are, are really going to have to be um, addressed in order for everyone that we need to get vaccinated, to reach herd immunity, to get vaccinated. All right, let's leave it there. Kat and Aaron, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us, Damien. Thanks to my guests today, Chronicle Health reporters Aaron Alday and Catherine Ho, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.